one ever sees me, sees me, I'm losing every battle. Can somebody save me, save me, I'm losing every battle. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Battle to Be, the Trauma Transformation Podcast. And tonight we're going to do things a little bit different than we usually do because it's been brought to my attention that I did not introduce myself to you guys very well and that you were curious about me and this mission and what we're doing and why we're doing it. So on that note, I didn't bring a guest on with me tonight. I just figured I would run the show the same way I would as if I had a guest through our normal story arc and tell you a little bit about myself, this mission, and our objectives and goals and what we're here to do. So my name is Krista Fee, and I'm a trauma transformation specialist, and this is my dream child, this podcast, the organization, which is Battle to Be, which is currently in the process of becoming a 501c3 nonprofit, which is beyond my wildest dreams. I thought we were just going to have a small uh, local community organization bringing awareness to PTSD and trauma spectrum injuries for veterans and first responders and that has grown to a much bigger much bigger program much bigger purpose so that's the process that we're going through right now getting our paperwork taken care of and we have our board of directors solidified and we're currently working on um, some tax documentation and everything should be four to six weeks, we should know much more and we'll be able to do tax deductible donations and we'll be able to apply for grants to do some of the work that we're, that we're working on. So big things are coming and battle to be is growing and changing and no one ever needs to be alone. No one left behind. Those are our core values and we stand by those so the bigger we get the more people will be able to impact the more we'll be able to change the system the more we'll be able to bring awareness and insights and comfort into talking about mental health and the role that employment and experiences play in the creation of some of these trauma spectrum injuries so so much on the horizons. So again, my name is Krista Fee, and I am going to go through tonight just like we would a normal show. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about me just as a normal person outside of my uh, my experiences, my traumas, and my passion and my purpose. So just me as a person, that is hard for me because I'm a very private person outside of all of this stuff. So it's very contradictory. I like to keep my personal life very personal, but I am a wife 
And I am very, very, very lucky to have an extraordinary husband who not only has immeasurable capacity to love and to understand and to put up with all of my millions of ideas <laughs> that go all over the place, but he is capable of solving any mechanical or technical issue that you could possibly come up with. So he's just amazing. I can just say something that is bothering me or troubling me or I can't figure out. And he's like, well, what about this and this and this and this? He literally sees the whole picture. It is brilliant. But he's a long haul truck driver as for trade. That's what he does for a living. So we spend a lot of time apart. And he was an ice road trucker. So if you guys want to ask any questions about any of the those crazy adventures, he'll tell you all about the show and how <laughs> how it compares to real life out on the ice roads. He's done just about every place in the United States you can possibly do. So he's just an amazing, wonderful person. I have two children of my own that are grown. And I have two stepchildren of his that are also grown. So we are now through all of that, raising other people and spending all of our time taking care of other people. Now we get to take care of ourselves and spend time together. So what we do for hobbies and enjoyment, we love outdoor activities, just about anything. Um, we have a canoe. We used to have kayaks. We just sold those so that we could do the canoe together and be a little ro more romantic. We are avid jeepers. We both have one. And he just got a Harley. So he's joined that world, not for the first time. So we love camping, fishing, hunting, all of those kind of things. We live in Conroe, Texas, but we came down here from Alaska. So the adventures abound. We love world travel. Doesn't matter where, kind of our to-do list is still very, very long. Um, Costa Rica is definitely a favorite. So... That's my personal, who am I? I love to dance. I love music, writing. And you guys will get some of my writing um, in the near future. I have a book coming out shortly, which is my personal trauma story, which we'll get into a little bit tonight. So the book, I Am What You Made Me, will be coming out. It's a little late now. It's supposed to already be out. So we'll see how long it takes to get through editing and final process. Should be seeing that within a few months. So this show is all about trauma and all about survivor stories. So I'm going to do something that I don't often do, and I'm going to tell you my story. I'm going to tell it from the beginning to the end. So... Oftentimes with my clients, with my people that I work with, we talk about trauma in the beginning in a way that almost makes it seem like you're just ch checking off boxes on a scorecard. So what things have happened to you? And when we look at my personal trauma scorecard, I 
can literally check almost every single one of the boxes. So I was born to a woman who was addicted and it didn't want me. And I was underweight and ill and CPS took me away from her. So I have the whole, I was abandoned, unwanted, unloved at the beginning of my life. Luckily, I found a fantastic birth, a fantastic adoptive family, and I was with them almost exclusively, I believe, and I was adopted at three years old. So that all turned out okay. Um, and had a normal 1980s upbringing, a Christian family, lots of freedom, run around the neighborhood, do what we wanted to do. Um, unfortunately, there was someone that I was left with for babysitting that had his way with myself and two other people who were involved. I'm not releasing names at this point, so I'm kind of keeping that vague on purpose. Um, just because there's too many other people involved who don't know who could, um, who could suffer from having the knowledge of, of who was involved and what happened. So we're keeping that one a little bit under wraps. Um, the person is no longer with us, so it it's relatively irrelevant. There's no charges that could be pressed or anything legal that could be done. So sometimes protecting the living is more important than speaking your truth in full. Um, I struggled through my childhood with um, what we now know is called attachment disorder. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel like I fit in. I struggled with emotional regulation. I struggled with um, using lies or avoidance to protect myself. Anytime I felt like I was vulnerable or in jeopardy in any way, shape, or form. And having an 80s upbringing did not help that situation because, you know, the old traditional ways of you wait till your dad gets home and that belt coming off when you, when you needed to be punished, all of that reinforced a lot of struggles that I had with feeling worthy or loved or um, important. So there is my childhood. I was raped in high school. And that led to a lot of a lot of issues with trust. Um, the situation happened at a friend's home with other friends that came over. So it was a situation where I should have been safe with people that I trusted, my peers. And it, it didn't turn out that way. So establishing trust has been a significant struggle. Um, a little older, I miscarried twins. That was really difficult for me to process and to get over. Uh, married into domestic violence, got out of that situation, married an abuser of a different sort, um, discovered that he was 
getting inappropriate with my children um, and had to leave that situation. So over and over and over, starting over from scratch. Um, after that, I found out that I had cancer and had to have a hysterectomy and was told that I would never have more children. Luckily, I already had two, so it wasn't quite as devastating of a blow as it could have been. But there's something about being told that you can't have children in our society that makes women feel less than a woman. It, there's a lot of weight to that, that if we can't have children, then what purpose do we serve? And it, that was very, very challenging. Uh, it was a, a really difficult struggle and like left out of that situation. That was, I found that out just before I found out that my husband was having desires for my children. So literally right after I had my surgery, shortly after that, I had to leave my home escorted by police with my children, not knowing where we were gonna go, what we were gonna do or how that was going to turn out. So then I had to take care of myself all by myself with no support. I didn't get any child support. I didn't get any spousal support. I got nothing. So literally started my life over in a new town with two little girls that were depending on me. Had to get a job, had to live with friends, bouncing from, from home to home. It was, it was a very interesting period of time, but I learned during that period of time that I was capable, that I was strong, and that no matter what I'd been through, that because I had these children that needed me, I could do anything. So then life progressed. I met my husband, the man who would be my husband, and we dated. I started a business, went to school, the kids grew up, moved out of our houses, and we got married. Everything was wonderful. I was running a amazing circus and burlesque program up in Alaska where we did a lot of, I was even working in trauma back then. It was a lot of healing work and a lot of, um, self-empowerment for women and growth programs and children's programs. And then I got in a car accident that made it so I couldn't do aerial anymore. I hurt, injured my shoulder and my neck and my lower back. And I spent two years fighting the insurance company to get a settlement that didn't pay my medical bills. So pretty much lost my business at that point in time lost my ability to do all of the sporty things that I was doing. We lived an extremely active lifestyle. And then put the icing on the cake, our home burned down. And we lost everything that we owned and found out that we had not gotten enough insurance on our property to cover rebuilding our home. And that because we didn't have enough to rebuild our home, we didn't have enough to replace our belongings either. 
So we, though we were insured, we were not sure insured nearly enough. So just a note for you guys listening, make sure that you check with your insurance company often about the value of your property, the value of your personal belongings and adjust for all that because things change, your property values increase, your personal items values increase and you need to keep an eye on that. So don't make the same mistake we made. And when we were living in Alaska, we we also did a charitable organization. We started a organization in the middle of the Willow Sockeye Fire and helped a bunch of families who didn't have insurance at that point get homes rebuilt or get items replaced. So we even saw that same situation replay out for other people. Um, lesson learned. Make sure that you got yourself covered. Make sure that you have all of the insurance that you need. Side note, right? But I'm here to educate and I'm here to help make your lives better and make your lives more happy. So just a little side note for you. So that is my trauma story. That is my why. And through all of that time, all of those times that I had to restart my life, all those times that everything that I counted on, everything that I knew was taken out from under me. (coughs) Sorry about that. Every single time that had to happen, I had to learn resilience. I had to learn my own self-worth. I had to learn my own capabilities. And school, education was one of the ways that I did that. One of the things I turned to, to give me strength, to help me to feel like I was prepared, like I was skilled and knowledgeable and ready to take on the world because I didn't trust people. I didn't trust relationships. I didn't feel comfortable in employment where I was out just socializing and communicating with people. So I went really deep intellectually and I have, I carry right now over 50 different healing certifications, a a variety of modalities, hypnotherapy, NLP, um, life coaching, fitness and nutrition, dance practices, Eastern holistic practices, yoga, like the list is extensive. There's, there's a ton of courses that I took. And not only did I take all of those courses, but I implemented them into my own life. I took all the parts and pieces of everything that I was learning to make myself stronger, to make myself better, to learn how to cope with the world and myself. I learned how responsible for my own well-being I am. And I learned how to process the suffering and let it go without letting go of the responsibility other people had for their own actions. So forgiveness for me wasn't about saying they didn't do anything wrong or accepting that they their behavior was okay. That wasn't even a part of it. Forgiveness for me was learning that I had to move past their actions and whatever control they still had over me because of the feelings I had about those actions. I had to move forward. If I wanted to be happy, if I wanted an amazing life, I had to let some things go. 
So I got really passionate, extraordinarily passionate about my education. And I got very involved in studies of criminal justice. I have a criminal justice degree with the addition of uh, forensics certification and was working with a private investigator and volunteering with Operation Underground Railroad. And that was what opened my eyes to the extensive world of human trafficking and the suffering of those who those who fall victim to that industry because it is an industry and it's 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 a huge industry and it entails much more than most people are aware of so i got all of the education to back that up and then i took national security and got really invested in military science and military psychology and trauma therapy. So my specialties and my background are in investigation and trauma. And I'm currently working on the very last stages of my master's degree in trauma, trauma psychology and military psychology. And still, of course, with the addition of national security on top of that. So I'm very comfortable in the world of first responders. I'm very comfortable in the military world. And I'm very passionate about bringing some change to some of the huge, huge gaps that exist in our current medical psychological field, especially in addressing problems such as PTSD or other trauma spectrum injuries. I use the term trauma spectrum injuries because I'm trying to change the way people talk about trauma a little bit. We have, the psychology community has still stuck with the diagnosis practice. They're still stuck in the disorder practice. And what's not being brought to the forefront quite yet as much as it could be, because it's such a slow moving mechanism. The medical community in any form is a very slow moving creature. So the science that we have, the current brain science and the current body science, everything we know tells us that PTSD is a very multi-layered, multi-faceted condition that's happening for people. And you have to get the body involved, the nervous system involved, the brain involved. And there's just so much more to it than just slapping a disorder label on it and giving people medications that the community at large, that the psychological community flat out says there is no cure. There is no cure for PTSD, but we're going to, we, we know we medicate and we have a few different practices that we always go to. Cognitive behavior therapy is the first and foremost. And we're finding over time that things like EMDR, and I will give you guys tons more information, all of these acronyms that I use on this podcast. Um, I will provide you guys with more. We'll do entire shows on each of these things that I'm just bringing up as just a touch point tonight. 
there there are so many powerful ways to access um, what I'm going to call more and better. We can't say we can heal anybody because PTSD is a condition that can't be healed at this point. But we're following the neuroscience closely. And as, as things progress, new techniques will come out, new supplement, new supplemental um, coping mechanisms will come out. So what my program is about, what Battle to Be is about, is providing all of the base stuff that people who are in therapy don't necessarily get, or people who see a therapist once every 30 days don't get, or people who don't have um, their orders didn't come through. They can't get to see a therapist. They're on a nine month waiting list and no one is talking to them. We have a crisis on our hands. We have massive amounts of suicide in those diagnosed and undiagnosed with PTSD. And I'm not even just talking only military. Our military numbers are the highest and that's the numbers are shifting a little bit, but they're saying about on average 22 suicides a day. That's a lot. In the police department, we have about 200 a year directly related to this cause. So every industry has too many. Even one is too many. So our first responders, all of our first responders are being affected by the stress of their jobs. And coping mechanisms are just not really widestream available for them in a way that is accessible to them, in a way that feels comfortable for them, in an environment that is welcoming to them. So that's one of my mission goals is access the first priority is access. Everyone should be able to get the help that they need when they need it. And small things can be helpful. There's a lot of peer support groups out there that are providing an opportunity for people just to be heard in a safe space, just to be heard and understood. Sometimes that's all someone needs to be heard and understood. sometimes to be heard and understood in a space where there is positive redirection so that we're not just ruminating about what happened to us over and over and over again so that we can take a step or two towards changing where we're going with talking about it and that's a very simple small step that community organizations, that grassroots people out on the street pounding the pavement, that these small groups that I interact with all the time, this is a place where people can be very impactful just by caring, just by being involved, just by listening and redirecting with some really simple tools, teaching people how to be mindful, how to breathe properly to calm and soothe their nervous system, EFT tapping techniques for anxiety reduction, mindfulness, gratitude, all the simple things. These tools should be available to everyone easily. 
in a way that is packaged for them, in a way they understand, in a way they resonate, resonate with. From someone who understands what they're going through and the possible struggles that happen. Because if you have PTSD and you've ever tried meditation, you've probably noticed that it's a struggle. It's not something that's super easy for people having trauma responsiveness to achieve. So there's a different approach that needs to be taken when you're talking about trauma and resourcing. So we build foundations. That's what we do. We give people tools, resources, foundational skills that they can use on their own anytime that they need them to help get through the hard times, to help get through the spaces in between sessions with their therapists, to help feel like they're a part of something, that people understand them and that they've been heard. That's a big part of what our organization is doing. We have a ton of online courses coming out. We have monthly uh, master classes where skills are taught for free that are accessible to anyone. Um, we do these specifically for our people in need, our, our veterans, our police officers, our firemen, our EMTs, dispatchers, especially focused for our first responders and our medical community. I think it's really easy to forget people who work in the emergency room or people who see all of the, the things that first responders see. So that is one side. On the other side, we also work very, very heavily with victims of human trafficking domestic violence, and child abuse, because these are also traumas. And whilst they're handled a little bit differently, the resources that we have, the resources that we work with, are also extraordinarily valuable in this context. And with my background in human trafficking prevention and awareness, I have a very solid understanding of this side of things as well and my personal experiences add to that. So what we're trying to do here, what our objective to do here is a four pillar approach. We've already talked about access, the first thing that matters more than anything to us. Everyone should be able to have access to resources, access to support, access to someone who can hear them and listen to them and know how to redirect the energy that's happening. Awareness is our second pillar. And awareness is probably the most fun part of being in this organization. Awareness is where we get to go out. This weekend, we're going out to have a barbecue with veterans. We're bringing coffee donations um and a jeep group montgomery county jeep society give a little shout out to them they organized this and i'm not sure if this is their activity or if 
they are involved with other people who are doing this activity. There is a ton of networking that happens when you're talking about supporting veterans. There's so much grassroots activity going on. Um, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be a part of. So yeah, tomorrow we'll be out. We'll probably go live uh, at some point during that, just to give you guys a heads up of what's happening with our trauma transformation transportation, uh, Phoenix, which is our 2020 gladiator. And she's our, our parade awareness vehicle. So she's all stickered up and graphicked up to bring awareness to the situation, just the idea that this many people are suffering from PTSD and that there are limited resources and how many people struggle and continue to struggle and can't get authorized to even get care. So we go out and we talk to people and we share information and we share stories and we listen. And that's probably one of the most important aspects of our organization is literally just getting out and talking to people and sharing the information that this is a problem and that there is a need because people just don't know. And what people don't know, they can't contribute to helping to fix. Healing is our third pillar and that is our direct coursework. That's that's our uh, partnerships with licensed psychotherapists where we can actually get people who need more care than we can give with our with our foundational skills and our coursework, we can raise the funding to get them the help that they need, even if they can't afford it. And even if they haven't got their VA approvals or their um, disability approvals or all of that stuff. Some of the veterans that I'm working with, some of the people that I've talked with are waiting more than 20 years to be given their benefits. They're being denied over and over and over and over again, their benefits. So the general public thinks that, oh, well, they're a veteran. They got their stuff taken care of. They're, they're, they, they can go in anytime they want to. But the truth of it is that's not how it works. That's not the way this process is handled. So there's so many things that the public doesn't understand and the other layer of that is our vets need to know that we care. Our vets need to know that we're rooting for them. They need to know that we're out there stomping our feet along with them saying, this is not right. This needs to change. We have to do something better. We have to do something different because this amount of suicide, this amount of misery, this amount of pain and suffering is unacceptable. These people have contributed so much to the United States. They have given up everything. Many are homeless. Many are ill. Many are struggling with horrific symptoms. PTSD is, it, it's a spectrum disorder. So there are some people suffering a lot more than others, but some of the symptoms can be completely life altering. They can make it so that you cannot enjoy your life. You cannot feel your emotions. You cannot control your emotions. Your relationships are destroyed. Your 
everything about your life becomes challenging. And that's unacceptable. Why are we allowing this? Why are we not working harder, working faster, putting the money in the research that needs to happen, putting the money in the treatment that needs to happen? That is not okay. And I'm unwilling to accept it. So that is what battle to be is about. Making so much change that needs to happen, happen. And people who stand together as we grow and as we make new connections and we meet new people and this movement becomes, instead of just small ripples on the ocean, becomes a tidal wave. As we become a tidal wave, they will listen. As we become a tidal wave, they will learn. And I'm working on research. Like literally my education is putting me in a position where I'm capable of working at the forefront of research. I'm going to be involved in the study of PTSD. I'm going to be involved in looking at possible treatment options. I'm very very involved in the neuropsychology of it all, the actual brain scan. What do we know about how this affects the brain and the body and the nervous system all together and intertwined? So this is this has been a lifelong passion. This has been a lifelong project. And we're just now getting to the point where people are hearing us. People are taking the mantle so to speak, and running with it. So that last phase of our four pillars is change. And I put that in our mission statement because I think it is very, very important not only to reach people on the ground, not only to reach those people suffering, but also to change the rules also to change the regulations, also to make sure that what has happened to so many already doesn't continue to happen. So we are committed to staying on top of um, places where regulation has been put onto a ballot or is in the idea stages. We can change things as voters, we can change things as lobbyists, we can change things in a legal and governmental way. And through the VA, and through all the different organizations, there's so many different organizations, I'm not even going to begin, we can tactically approach the problem from the bottom up and from the top down at the same time. So that's why you'll see access, awareness, healing, and change are our pillars. That is what we stand for. That is what we are doing. Until we get our 501c3 status, we cannot take tax-deductible donations. But what we are doing and what we can do is we have a program. We have a six-week program that we put people through. And we have already offered a number of scholarships. And we will continue to offer scholarships to those who are in need, especially our, um, I'll just say our heroes and our survivors. That's the way that we package it up so that 
we don't have to label everyone individually. So I know from talking to you guys that many of my veterans do not like being called heroes. Uh, many of my first responders don't like being called heroes. And what they usually say to me is, this is just what I have to do. This is my responsibility. This is my job. This is what I have to do. I'm not a hero. But we're going to call in this place, in this time, for this. We're going to show the respect and the appreciation that the word hero carries with it. And we're going to say that and mean it because whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, we know, we feel, we appreciate that you are heroes. And I'm using the term survivors, not victims, for the other side of my my people that I speak with, that I work with. Because when I label you a victim, you stay that way. When I label you a survivor, you have so much more power, so much more hope, so much more potential. So we're not using those words here. We're not calling you a victim. So for our victims and our survivors, every day we're here fighting this battle Every day, we're creating new new coursework for you, new opportunities to learn, new tools for you to access. It's really important to me to be able to provide as much information and knowledge and useful skill set that I can get to you guys for free or as cheaply as possible to those in need. And to do that, we have to fund the program we have to fund um, the payments for the for the space that we use for the vehicle that we use for the posters for the for the information that we hand out for the fees for the events that we go and um, speak at so to do that we have a tuition waiver program where Anyone who's involved in our Infinite Bliss program, which is a foundational skills program for life transformation and trauma transformation, and literally is appropriate for anyone who is struggling in their lives to be happy, to be just embrace every single day with passion and happiness, who has stress, who has that sense of overwhelm who wakes up in the morning and doesn't feel like they are going anywhere, any of those things. This program is perfect for, for just about everyone because almost everyone has some trauma and has some struggle in their life. So an amazing six-week course. Anyone who purchases that course for themselves is also purchasing tuition for another individual is covering a tuition waiver, is covering a scholarship for someone in need. And if you want to purchase that program, not for yourself, you just want to donate that tuition for others, that can happen too, no problem. I can actually set up to receive any amount you want to apply towards a tuition waiver. So if $5 is what you can afford and that's what you want to do. We can do that. 
I will put our PayPal um, down below in the Facebook where this is posted and in the description on the YouTube channel where this is posted. So I'll make sure that you guys have access to our PayPal. Um, and that's how you can help us now financially. Now, that is not our most important need. What our most important need right now is, is for you guys to like, interact, and share with our Facebook page, Battle to Be, to like and share and follow our YouTube channel because our YouTube channel allows us to access sponsors, but it also allows us to access those who need our services the most and donors. So as we are establishing this foundational uh, level of our business and we're going into the nonprofit status, we want to get as visible as possible so that when our 501c3 comes through, we are able to launch some of the big programs that we haven't been able to financially achieve. So liking, sharing, getting people involved. If you know anyone or you yourself would like to be a guest on this podcast, what we usually do is we look for those with survivor stories. We want to know what you've been through. We want to know how you got through it. And we want to know what you're doing now to change the world for others. So if you fit into that parameter, if you are, if you took your suffering, if you took your tragedy, if you took your experience and you turned it into something that is affecting others or leaving something beautiful behind in the world, um, that can be art, that can be music, that can be any way that you're leaving something more behind that you're impacting the world because we want to show people that no matter what you've been through, you can still make a difference. That's our primary core message. No matter what you've been through, life can be better. You can experience more and you can make a difference. So there is that like, share, follow. And again, we also have a 2020 Jeep Gladiator that we are looking for some sponsors for. We are looking for some um, Jeep parts organizations, builders, uh, shops, accessories. We're looking for some people who would like to be featured on our Jeep but who would like to help us turn her into a really eye-catching uh, parade attention getter. Her job is to bring awareness. And the more that people notice her, the more people are inspired by her and are like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. The more attention she gets, the more attention our cause gets, the more attention our vets get. So looking for a few sponsors, um, especially for what we need is wraps. She needs to have our logos and our, uh, stuff on her. So we need, we are very much looking for a body wrap and some lighting would be phenomenal. She's already lifted. We have great tires. So we're not looking for 
too much crazy. She just needs a few wonderful things. Uh, also bumpers, front and back metal bumpers. So if anybody knows anybody that wants to sponsor a good cause and a beautiful vehicle, um, let me know. I would love to showcase you. We'll, of course, add you to our sponsorship list on the Facebook page, on the web page, on the YouTube and everywhere. And as we progress, we will be doing two podcasts a week with amazing guests. Our next two guests are artists and they are both, they are so unique. They're so different and they are both changing the world in dramatic ways. So I can't wait for our next week's shows, our next week's guests. Um, They will they will inspire you so much. So again, please like and follow. Please share all over the place. Please support us in any way that you can. Um, if you feel compelled or drawn to support us financially through providing tuition for some of our people who are needing help now before we get all of that bigger stuff put into place, we are running our next course in two weeks and if you would like to be in that course please let me know i will post a calendly link below also so that you can connect with me and let me know if you are in need of help if you're in need of assistance or if you would like to provide assistance for someone else either way Right now, I already have two on scholarship enrolled for that course and one one paid tuition. So just so you know, there are only 22 positions left in that course is very limited run because it requires a lot of my own personal attention and time. So I will put the Calendly link below. I will put the PayPal address below. And I will keep you guys informed as time progresses and we get our nonprofit status. That will be a huge celebration. We'll probably do a huge event for that. We'll probably set up a actual public event for that here where we will also do um, some things online. So always wanna make sure that you guys are as in our lives as the people here who are in our lives personally as we go out and do the in-person stuff you guys will be right here alongside us you won't miss anything i promise and together we rise like a phoenix out of the ashes of our experiences live our lives on fire you are limitless you are unstoppable you are powerful. Never forget it. Krista Fee, Battle to Be, signing out.